Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome in. It is the episode number eight of the Believe in Patriots podcast. I'm your host, Brady Farkas. You can follow me on Twitter at FA Radio Brady. You can follow us at Believe Podcast as well. I want to welcome in a guy who's got who's a well-traveled veteran of, uh, of football in all its forms in multiple different countries. It's Robert Ortiz. Robert, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I appreciate you joining us. You're the host of the Believe in San Diego State podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, played at San Diego State, then spent some time with the Chargers, with the Patriots twice, the Seahawks, who played in NFL Europe. I guess I want to start there. What was NFL Europe like? I've, I watched games of it. I have football cards from it. What was NFL Europe like? It was actually uh, an experience um, that I'll never forget because at, at that point, I had never left San Diego. Um, mm-hmm. I obviously, I grew up in San Diego, and then I obviously went to San Diego State after that. So the only traveling I really did was games, and, you know, that's only like a couple of days, and then you're, you're back to San Diego. So going out there, that was just traveling and being away from family and being away from my, my home base uh, was an experience in itself. But then the actual game of football was was actually great because um, you're playing against other NFL players. It wasn't like you were playing against some random guys. Yeah, um, we were all majority of us allocated, or you know, we're on a team or practice squad or or something like that. So the talent level was was up there, you know. So I I I, I wish they never. That was the last season. Uh, 2007 was the last season they had NFL Europe. I know they weren't making quite that much money, but I think a lot of guys uh, benefited from that type of play because, you know, the NFL doesn't really have a developmental league. So I felt like that was a good asset. I remember Danny Werfel, old Heisman Trophy winner at Florida, playing in NFL, playing in NFL Europe. You played for Frankfurt. I think he was on the Rhine fire, though. Yeah, we... uh, I actually had another teammate. I had a few teammates from San Diego State that were out there. Um, I, I'm not too familiar with with the player you just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, are you sure he was there in 2007? No, 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 not then. He was there much earlier than that. Oh, okay, okay. I was going to say because I don't remember <laughs> him being um, But, yeah, I mean, it was just cool being able to travel to all the different countries. You know, we went to Amsterdam, I, like you said, Ryan, um, Dusseldorf, Berlin, you know, and then you got to do all the little, uh, you know, historical landmark things that you do when you're in those places. So, um, yeah, it was it was an experience I'll never forget. What was fan what, what was fan engagement like? Were people into it over there? Did people understand what was going on? Was it growing the game in in the European continent? What was that like? To me, um, I can't speak for the other teams, but I know Frankfurt. Our fans were probably the best fans. They not only knew what was going on in the game, knew when to make noise, um, and out there they can have the like horns and yeah. <laughs> out, you know banging things, and um, so it, that was cool. Being playing at at Frankfurt and uh, our fans actually being into the games, and and we would get large crowds. And not only that, 
our fans would travel to to our yeah. away games and so our fans were usually louder than the home fans so um is the reason why we we're so successful yeah so you also, you know, like I said, well-traveled, spent time with the Chargers, Patriots, Seahawks. You also played in Canada for a little bit as well. I guess it, it's too, probably too simple of a question, but what motivated you to keep going through all of these various spots? Well, I would say as a, as a young kid, I mean, your dreams. I, I used to be in the front yard with some of my buddies and, you know, we're pretending to be I'm from San Diego, so we'd be uh, Charger players. So I, yeah. I would be like Junior Seau or um, back then it was like Anthony Miller was the receiver. Um, you know, so like to me, it was just uh, a dream, lifelong dream. And then and then it became a goal. And then once you set it as a goal, you want to make sure you accomplish that goal. It's not something that you just, you know, think up and say, oh, I want to do this one day. You know, it, it's yeah. actually something you worked for something you spent time, hours, blood, sweat, tears, not only in the gym, but in the film room. And, you know, and you prepare your body year round. Like these guys never have days off. So to me, like giving it a good quality uh, attempt or go at it, it, it wasn't something that needed to be like, I have to. I have to be driven to get there. No, I. I. It was already instilled. I was putting in the work, so it's like you. You came this far. Why stop yeah. now? You know, I, I recently lost my my job at the radio station as a result of the coronavirus, and so. But I'm thinking to myself, it's been one month almost since I've been unemployed in quotes, and I'm like, damn, this has been hard. And it's. And, but athletes deal with this all the time, like cut, traded practice squad demoted moved up and down jerked all over the place other continents like how do athletes deal with this because the real life person is having a hard time dealing with this right i mean i don't to be honest um a lot of positivity hopefully you got a good support system um and you know hopefully you're not just focused on one thing um for me i had at the time i was working on a, a clothing brand with another actual actually NFL player, uh, Marvio Underwood. He played for the Green Bay Packers and a couple other other teams. But um, we were working on a clothing brand. I'm also a D, like now I'm a full-time D, or I was a full-time yeah. <laughs> DJ until COVID hit. <laughs> um, but I was full-time DJ. Um, but back then I would do that on the side. So in between things, um, I also do commercial. And, uh, you know, I'm out here in California. So doing movies and commercial work is is kind of like – I don't know. I don't want to say it's it's easy and and it's it's expected, but um, I was able to to get into that. So I kind of had stuff to keep me busy in between gigs, yeah. you know, or in the off season. Uh, so some guys, I mean, aren't so lucky. They don't have that to fall back on. They don't have those things. Um, shoot, I'm in the same boat as you right now, yeah. but you, you know, know, with, with the whole the COVID, everything is shut down. So my weddings, my corporate gigs, my club gigs, everything got shut down. So I'm, I'm still waiting for that to come back. See, like, I love hearing that. I love hearing that you had all these, you know, a bunch of balls in a bunch of different courts and that's cool for you. And it diversifies you, the person. When people hear that though, fans, I think we've been trained to think that guy does a bunch of other things. He doesn't love football. Like he, he's not all in on football. Was that ever something that you sensed or, you know, you saw people who, who thought that way? Uh, I didn't really get that. 
um, from anybody. Yeah, good. Because they understood that the NFL, you know, doesn't stand for not for long yeah. reason. <laughs> but um, I think my effort and the time I put into it uh, outweighed any other extra stuff that I was doing on the side, you know, so my, my, uh, workouts never lacked, you know, I was always prepared, um, when I was with the Patriots or not with the Patriots, I I got released and then they brought me back. Um, and then I was able to just jump right in. Like I was never left, you know? And so mentally I was always, always preparing to be back or to be there or to be, um, you know, at my best. And I guess it, it showed and, yeah. you know, and, and I am where I am today because of it. So you two different stints with the Pats prior to 08 and 09, you signed with them. One was in the summer. One was more leading up into the season, I believe. So if I'm got it correctly, one was more training camp and one was more practice squad during the season. Yes. So what's it like? What is life on the practice squad? Like, uh, well, I mean, it depends on, on the person for me, it, it was cool because, um, obviously you're part of the team. You're yep. getting paid to play a game that kids play. Um, and it's something you've, you, you're with the new England Patriots. I mean, you got Randy Moss, Wes Welker, Tom Brady, like there's no, like, and, and not only that, you don't have the pressure that yeah. <laughs> people are putting on you to go out there. Like all you got to do is perform, perform during the week, which, you do anyways and uh you go out and have a good time and and you know and then you you do what you you try to make uh the guys that are going to be out there on Sunday better uh so i looked at it as an opportunity to get myself better cuz i'm going against the ones and then number 2 um i looked at it as an as an opportunity to to help my team so you know i think mentality wise if you have that you have it in in that in that way then you know it, you enjoy it you enjoy just going out there and playing football as a guy who's as a guy who's on the practice squad what's your level of interaction with Tom Brady with Bill Belichick Josh McDaniels are you around those guys or are you off more on a side field i'm not sure. i'm so, i'm curious about this no you're because okay so n- practice squad is it's only what like eight guys or something yeah. like but you still need some of the offensive guys that are on the active roster to be yep. make up a scout team. So, uh, yes, you're definitely with the other guys. I mean, I I, I, remember, I remember being with uh, standing next to Tom one time. It was during practice, and he's like, "As we are going into um, the playoffs," and he was he was asking me, <laughs> uh, do, "Do do you?" Do you get the the bonus or something? If we keep asking me something right about the pay, you know, if it's the same as them, and I go, you know what, this is my first time, <laughs> you know, but it didn't really matter to me. I was just, I was there, um, I was there to help the team, and um, you know, and I think Bill Belichick, he does a good job of getting guys like that. Did you ever have to play the role of another team superstar at practice, like mimicking their game? Oh yeah, I mean. I don't know if, if I was supposed to be mimicking their game, but yes, I, you know, you, you get, um, actually, you know, what happens is they, they'll either pass out the jerseys or you'll have that Jersey in your locker. Mm. You'll be like, Oh shoot, I'm so-and-so, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. You try to, to do what they can do, but 
you know, some of them guys are just great athletes and great players. And, um, you know, you, you do your best. That was the most fun I had in high school basketball. The one practice I got to mimic the other team star where they just said, hey, just go out and jack up threes from everywhere on the court today because that's what that guy does. That was the most fun I had. Yeah. No, for <laughs> real, though, when you're doing scout team, it's it's actually a lot of fun because they they take the the uh, mental part out of it because you're just looking at a card, you know, and, you okay, I got this route. There's no adjustments. There's no I got to <laughs> read the defense. It's just I got to do what it says on the card and, you know, and then go out there and, and make a play. So, yeah, it, it's it's a lot more fun doing scout. <laughs> is it hard though to balance everything you have to do? Because I got is there some form of learning the other team's playbook, basically, then knowing your own playbook in case you get bumped up? I mean, I, you got to do both a little bit, right? Yeah, but I mean, so they do a good job in training camp to give you the the base. You yep. know, so you you know you know, essentially what the base is. Once you have that foundation, um, you know, then it's just little tweaks and little adjustments here, game to game. So, yes, you got to keep up with the terminology and everything like that. But if you're going to be active for a game, I mean, I'd hope you know more than a day, yeah. you know, notice and, and you'd be able to prepare. When you were around the Pats 0809, so that was young Julian Edelman right around the time that he came out of college. What was young Julian Edelman like? All right. So uh, Julian came in 2009. Um, and honestly, it, what's funny is he was my roommate. And, oh. <laughs> and, and this guy has a, like just a relentless work ethic. Like he just, he will not stop. It, it's funny because there would be times you know, I'm in my room and, and he's in his room and I'm doing whatever I'm doing. He come over and knock on my door and he's like, hey, man, you want to you want to move the furniture and do some walkthrough? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, Jules, man, I'm tired. I, I really don't want to do this right now. But that's the that's the kind of player. And, and I think that's why uh, he's so successful today. Uh, I wish I could go back and say, yeah, let's do it together, because, you know, maybe I would have benefited from that as well. But he. Uh, he definitely is an inspiration, especially now, you know, doing the things that he's doing. Um, and I'm so proud of him. You know, I seen him last year. Uh, like I said, I'm in the commercial industry doing, you know, acting type stuff. But I also had an opportunity to coordinate a commercial. It was a Bose commercial. And it's funny because he was one of the athletes. I mean, we had Russell Wilson, yeah. Goff, uh, Christian McCaffrey, um, and, and, and then Jules. And then he, he walks up and he didn't know I was going to be there. And, and, and I didn't, to be honest, it had been 10 years. So I'm like, he probably doesn't even remember. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, he just, he was like, Oh my gosh. And he straight up stopped production for like five, 10 minutes. And finally the director's like, Hey, we need to, uh, we need to get this thing up, this show on the road. And uh, all right, but it was cool. It was cool to see him again. And I'm so proud of him. How does how does that get set up? You living with Julian Edelman? Does the team do that? Did you just meet him on the practice field? How, how does that come about? No, the team set that up. Um, I, I don't. I, yeah, I don't. I I didn't have any say in it. I don't. Yeah. I don't think he had any say in it. But it was it was obviously it was it was uh it was something that I would never forget because you know you see what he's doing today and and you know I tell people all the time yeah that was my roommate yeah. how. <laughs> How hard 
how hard is it logistically when you're bouncing around from team to team or organization to organization, and you're not sure how long you're going to be in one place for to have living arrangements? Does the team find you a month to month lease all the time? Are you paying for a year? And you're locked in no matter what, what happens? Yeah. The team does a good job of, of hooking you up. So <laughs> I, I can have no complaints. They, they always took care of me. Um, you know, whether it was Nancy in the front office, Miss hmm. Nancy, I love her. Um, I actually still talk to her to this day, just say hello. And, you know, she checks on my family and stuff like that. So, I mean, it, needless to say, the the Patriots organization is top notch. Out of all the organizations I played for, uh, they are definitely my favorite. What was your experience like with Tom Brady? You talk about the funny story, you and him on the side, but what was it like seeing him every day in practice up close? For me, it was uh, a kind of a dream come true because for some reason, and I, I couldn't, I'm, I have no reason why, but Tom Brady and Randy Moss, for some reason, were like my biggest fans. Hmm. No lie. Like I could do, uh, I could, they can be on, um, you know, like some of the, the guys that the third and fourth string guys, they, at the end of practice, while the, the starters and all of them are doing their conditioning on the other side. Uh, you know, the, the threes and fours are, are actually redoing the team uh, segment of yep. the, the day. And I'll make a play. Um, and I just remember just scoring a touchdown off of a, a, a deep post. And I just remember uh, Randy Moss and, and Tom Brady just screaming, okay, Ortiz, I see you. <laughs> I see. And they're like way over there. I'm like, you know, I'm running back feeling all good because <laughs> they're, you know, celebrating me. And, and same in the um, I remember uh, in one of the film sessions, I had I had done something. Well, you know, Bill Belichick, he always brought up the good and the bad of, of either games or, or practices and whatnot. And you know, for some reason, he brought up my play, and he just was rewinding it, rewinding it, rewinding mm. it, and, and you know, and I, I had made a big, big key blocking, and uh, and again, Tom Brady, Brandy Moss, they're screaming my name in the meeting room. So, you know, to me, it was a, a dream come true, you know, and then, you know, being able to go into to like just when there's no team stuff, and and you're just getting your individual work, um, just working on things. Um, that was fun too with Tom and Randy Moss, you know, because they would be together, and then Randy would be like, "Come on, all right, <laughs> you know, how, I'm ready." How harsh are those film sessions with Bill Belichick? We've heard the stories that he's hard on Brady, he's hard on everybody. Not everybody can play for him. What is it like to be in a film session with Bill Belichick? I actually enjoyed it um, because, like you said, he doesn't play no favorites you know everybody's everybody can get it yeah <laughs> um, and but it, it it keeps you accountable you know they we called it uh bill's youtube you, you don't want to be on bill's youtube because <laughs> you know i mean unless it's something good you yeah. know but, but like i said it, it when i was on there and it was good it felt good and then not only that um him calling out guys like tom brady and in Randy Moss and people like that, uh, it just shows you that he has a standard, you know, and and expectations, and you got to live up to those standards and, and, and expectations. And I think that's why Patriots are so successful. 
When you get to New England, do they give you like a manual on what you can and can't say to the media? Because everybody seems to pick it up very, very quickly as to what you can and cannot say. Is that something that gets is that handed out on your first day of orientation or what? <laughs> no, uh, actually, it's every meeting. <laughs> it's almost like, a, all right, this is what we're going to say. This is what you don't say. You don't talk about anybody else's injuries. You know, it's it's pretty much, hmm. you know, he kind of gives you a summary of, of what you can and can't talk about. Um, you know, and, and, you know, if you look at everybody's, all the Patriots interviews, you see that everybody's pretty much saying the same thing, maybe yeah. in slightly a different way. Is Bill Belichick a nice guy? Because I hear these stories about how he's actually a great guy. Oh, he does this. Oh, he does that. Oh, he's pretty funny, actually. Did you see that side of Bill? Absolutely. He's <laughs> he's not the same guy you see in front of cameras. Um, you know, he he does have that dry, but he he he. It's funny because he's like you know the super dad joke type guy. <laughs> you know, like he's gonna say some something and and it's it's funny because it's coming from him you know if anybody yeah. else said it, it'd be like that's corny but because yeah. bill belichick said it it actually is funny because you don't expect it from him um yeah so i i think he and he's hilarious and if the funny part is when when i when they brought me back um i was eating and Belichick comes in and I don't know if anybody's ever done this to him before, but I, I literally ran up to him and gave him a hug and said, thank you for bringing me back. <laughs> and he just looked at me and smiled and he's just like, welcome back. And, you know, kept it moving, but it was, it was, it was dope. What's the conversation like when you're let go from a team? I've always wondered that. How does that go? Does it come from your agent only via phone call? Does Belichick or any other coach call you in personally and talk with you? What's that process like? Uh, well, it happened to me a few times. So with him, uh, he actually taught the last time he released me, it was after we had lost in the first round to the Ravens. And yep. then he, uh, he just brought me in and he's like, we're not going to resign you. He just told me straight up, we're not going to resign you, you know, and this, I knew I wasn't coming back because usually they say, or he would say, or like uh, Scott Pioli, the first time he, they let me go, uh, he was like, um, "We're gonna, we're gonna waive you." He's like, "But you know, we might, we potentially are gonna bring you back." Yeah. And and so he told me that, and then I I had been cut and signed by them a few times, and at uh, <laughs> one time they let me go, and I, you know, I'm going and saying goodbye to some of the other players, and Randy Moss straight up told me you'll be back <laughs> like oh, okay <laughs> and then um you know so there was it's been different um i think one time i was shoot this was right before this was 2009 i had went through summer with them and then they uh right the day before i'm supposed to go to camp uh nick casario he was like the yeah. director of operations or whatever and he calls me he's like yeah we, we had somebody something happen and Basically, we're not, you're, we're going to let you go. And I was like, what? You know, I was actually, we're getting, like, I was training at that moment. And I wow. saw Paul and I saw the, the, was it 508 area code or something? Uh, 617 or 508 maybe oh, too, but 617 for yeah, sure. It's 508. I saw that 508 number. I'm like, oh, shoot. So I answered it during my workout. Usually I don't answer those. And, uh, and sure enough, he was like, we're, we're not 
we're going to let you go. But then they ended up bringing me back two weeks later or two. Yeah. A few weeks later. Um, but you know, it's happened to me all different ways. When did you know that it, it wasn't worth it anymore to keep going? Or when did you know that you were done? When did you decide it was enough? Bill Belichick said, we're not resigning you. And, and I knew I wasn't going back there. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, it was actually right after Bill Belichick let me go, right? And um, and then for some reason I had, I don't even remember how this happened, but I had an audition. I got an audition <laughs> for this role. Uh, it was a Reliant Energy commercial, and I was they wanted a receiver, and I booked it, right? And after I did that, and I was like, I can make how much money? And I can do this for what? And so I was like, man, I told my agent, look, if I don't um, if I don't sign with the team by this date, and I don't remember what date that was, but I was just like, I'm done. Because, like, literally, it was like a domino effect. I hit that commercial, the next one, the next one, the next one. Like, I just kept booking commercials. So I was just like, I'll just do this. You know, like, it was like kind of that crutch I needed to kind of walk away in a way. Well, you also were on a reality TV show, something called Expedition Impossible, which I've done a lot of research on for this interview, but I want your summary of this show because I, I got to be honest with you, it was only lasted one season. I had never heard of it until I did the research. Yeah, so uh, it, it lasted one season. It was a uh, Mark Brunel. Um, it was like a survivor yeah. meets amazing race okay is what it was minus the like amazing race i guess their contestants really literally do stay in five-star resorts and we <laughs> were literally sleeping in tents all over morocco uh, yeah. basically how it came about is akbar bajabi miller who is now the host of american ninja warrior i played with him at san diego state and with the chargers and um and another one of our teammates from san diego state who also played in the nfl ricky sharp Basically, he was like he had done this um, audition for Oprah. It was like a, a host your own show or something like that. And he didn't get it, but he made the top 10. And whoever was doing the casting remembered him when they were uh, casting for this show. And so he said, basically, he wanted the two guys that he remembered were had the most endurance and can run <laughs> and, you know, the hardest workers. And I guess that was me and Ricky. But. We had the opportunity to go to Morocco and we were there for a whole month. We had to uh, sacrifice our devices and computers and our families for a whole month. We had no communication. We were literally like off the grid. And um, we, I mean, they made it look like we trekked across the whole Morocco, yeah, you know, land, but we, I mean, we did trek. We had some some long hikes, but uh, yeah, it was cool. I mean, we got to see the country the way probably nobody has ever seen it before. You know, we had we started off in the desert, like Sahara Desert, like mm. you know, like when you see on the movies and those big sand dunes, and there's just miles and miles of sand, and you don't see anything. Yeah, that's where we started. Wow. <laughs> and then you know it, it it you know it transitioned to like mountain ranges with, with snow and. And then we were in rivers, we were kayaking, we were, we were doing things that I would have never done in my entire life. I'm not a thrill-seeking kind of guy, you know, but when the competition and, and, and adrenaline's rushing, you're just like, all right, jump off the cliff. And I'm like, what? 
like, okay, let's do it. Um, dip lining, rappelling off of like 400, 500 foot cliffs. It was, it was fun. What was the, how did you win? Because it was, I recall they had like little pods set up. It was the former football players against like the accountants against these people against that people. So what was, the, how did you win the game? Yeah. So basically, um, they started off with 13 teams and every, it was 10 episodes and every episode, uh, a team would get eliminated. So basically the last team to make it into the checkpoint would yep. get eliminated. Uh, so there was a couple of times we were in last and we had to like come back and we made it and we, we pretty much stayed like third and fourth, uh, the, the entire time. And, uh, we made it to the finale and, you know, you can go and watch it on Amazon prime. It's on Amazon. Oh, yeah, it's it, it's actually a fun show. I'm surprised. Like they they were actually doing a, a second a second season, and I don't know why it didn't do so well. But um, you know, we were actually the top show that summer. It was during the summer, and and for some reason, it just yeah. didn't didn't go to the next next season. But I had so much fun. I bought it on Amazon so I could watch it, and I showed my <laughs> kids because they weren't alive back then, and and they were all excited. They're Every every episode, they're like, "Come on, Daddy, let's go!" <laughs> so it, it was fun though. And, and and how you won is basically be the first, uh, make it to the the finale, and then be the first team to to cross that finish line. So reality TV, you also got the DJ stuff, acting and commercials. So you're doing all the entertainment stuff. You are also, if I remember, aren't you also the DJ at the San Diego State football games? Yeah, that came about a few years ago. Uh, one of my good, longtime friends, um, uh, she, Patsy Aleda, she basically allowed me to, uh, or she, she's like, she, what happened? Oh, she went to, they, they played an away game and they saw that she saw that they had a DJ at one of the away games. I think it was uh, either Penn State or, or North Carolina or something like that. Yeah. But basically, she said it was so much fun because the DJ was just going, you know, and she had never experienced something like that. So she she proposed it to some of the higher ups. And, you know, since I'm former Aztec, yeah. you right that I'd be the DJ. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, I've been doing that pretty much for the last four or five years. And unfortunately, they canceled their season this year. So won't be doing it this season. But um hopefully next season we'll be back on track and and we're supposedly supposed to be getting a new stadium uh for san diego state so they just did the groundbreaking a couple of weeks ago so it'd be cool if <laughs> you know if that happened next season more famous san diego state alum marshall falk or Kawhi leonard who man i mean i would say marshall falk. if any football player would say marshall <laughs> falk but Right now, Kawhi, because it's he, it's he's like it's now he's the now. Yeah. Right now. I think a lot more people know him. I, I'd say worldwide, probably a lot pe more people know him. We need to get you to be the DJ at San Diego State baseball. I see you could. I, I picture you being good for every batter's walk-up song. That's what football is lacking is a walk-up song for every guy. So we need to get you at Aztec baseball too. Shit, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did the basketball games too. That was fun. Oh, see that I can see being not more fun than football, but I feel like you just get more action. You you would get more playtime in basketball than football. Yeah, it well, it's a lot more uh complicated, you know, with the whole production. You know, you, you need time for 
advertisement. Like it's just like it's funny because they'll be like, you know, you have the headset on and the you know program director is like, okay, DJ, and you're just yeah. like, oh, you know, you got to go, and then they're like, all right, cut it, and you're like, oh, okay, cut it. So it's a little like basketball is a little, it's 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 a little rough. I don't I know. I yeah. used to to do not be the DJ, but I used to work at university at Albany basketball games. And I was the guy throwing t-shirts into the crowd. So it was like me and the DJ playing off each other because we both had to have the hype machine going at the same time. So I know all too well about the program director in your ears and things like that. So uh, Robert Ortiz, two stints with the Patriots, uh, multiple stops in the NFL. He's doing a lot of great stuff. Believe in San Diego State on the Believe Podcast Network. You can check him out there. I was going to give a whole lot of takes on Cam, and I was going to talk about Nikhil Harry, but you know what? This was better than all of that. So I'll be back with another episode on Thursday. Robert, this was awesome, and we'll check you out. Believe in San Diego State. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.